Um, as Pastor Tim uh, mentioned the, uh, just a, a little bit earlier that, uh, that I am the, the children's pastor here. You guys, if you would, uh, would be seated for just a moment. So most Sundays, I am back with the kids. Uh, I, I was thinking about this. I literally come in like from 8.30 in the morning until afternoon after everybody's gone. So seeing so many new faces, it is so exciting. Uh, it is exciting to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I'm, I'm very, uh, very happy and full of joy to be able to share the Word of God with you. I think... Sometimes when I'm asked to preach, I know ahead of time and I'm able to, to really go in and, and prepare a message for, for the audience that, uh, that I'm going to be having time to spend with. And then there are other times where God will stir me and I'll have no idea if I'm going to have an opportunity to preach or not. But I want you to know today that that's this message, that this is a, this is a message that God has stirred in my heart for a few months now. It's a, it's a message that I've been praying for. I've been praying for you and, and, and your heart to receive it. So I don't believe that you're here by coincidence. I don't believe that you're here by accident. I don't believe that I'm just a fill-in guy today. I do believe that there is a very personal message that will be opened up through the Word of God today. And so I want to pray together as a congregation that God's word would be opened, but, but our hearts would be receptive. That this wouldn't be just another church service. That this wouldn't be just another speaker. That this would be received as a very personal word to you. So if you would agree with me in prayer, if you would just bow your heads. Father God, as we've already experienced your presence and we're, we're so grateful for our Abba Father to be with us this morning. And Lord, I pray that this message that you have, that you have placed here to be shared, God, I pray that the hearts that have come in this room, that the hearts that, that have been going through that struggle, that trial, the hearts that have put up walls of resistance and they don't even realize it, the hearts that have just been broken over and over and over and now it's so difficult to believe in that in that hope in that release in that breakthrough god i pray that through your holy spirit that you would govern our time together that you would open up this word that you would bring revelation like only you can and god we move aside and allow you to do it i pray that you would use me in jesus name amen so I've got a couple of things listed. The first was an introduction because, and, and I'm, I'm so very grateful that uh, Pastor Tim uh, did that for me. So I'll just check that off the box um, so we can kind of move on. But I do want to share just a few moments. Being with the children is an incredible honor. And I also want you to know, it's a very important part of my life. I pray for those kids. I pray for the families. And there, there's, in Psalm 8, it says, and this is so powerful, it says that when a child praises, they, they form a resistance against the enemy, and it says that it, they silence the lies of the enemy. So 
when you, you may go back there and see in kids' church that we're doing all those dances, but let me tell you, those dances and the, the cool motions and all the kids having fun, that is secondary. The first, my first priority is to get them praising because there is power in a child's praise. So, so I, I want to share with you a little bit uh, before we jump into the message, just about what's happening into uh, children's ministry. Um, we've got a Say Yes campaign going on right now, and there's a table in the back. It says, one for three, you can count on me. Everybody do that. One for three, you can count on me. Aha, I just all signed you up. See how that easy that was? <laughs> um, and no, all that means is we're looking for you to say, hey, I want to partner with children's ministry. I'm going to pick a Sunday. So I picked the first Sunday, and I'm going to commit to that first Sunday for three months. That means the second Sunday, you're in, in service. Third Sunday, you're in service. Fourth, you're not locked in, okay? We're not going to keep you and put you in a three-year contract like uh, a cell phone company, okay? Um, we want you to partner with the children's ministry, and to, to do that is the sign-up table is in the back. So please pray about doing it, and then just do it, okay? Just show up. Just be there, just be, just be part of what's, uh, what's happening in the children's ministry. I don't know if uh, the media has, has got this slide, but um, there is a lot of things going on uh, in children's ministry. This, uh, this Wednesday, we're starting our kids' clubs. So that's starting back up. That's rainbows and rangers and impact. And, and that, uh, that is a discipleship ministry. That is men discipling boys. That is women discipling girls. That is a commitment of this church, that we are going to invest in the lives of children in a very intentional, specific way. So that's my housekeeping items, I guess. I just wanted to, to get that out um, before we get into the, uh, into the Word. We're going to, uh, we're going to look at the, the book of 2 Kings chapter 4. A few weeks ago, my wife woke up and she was complaining about her ankle. And a couple things for you to know about my wife. Number one, she is the strongest, most resilient woman I've ever known. So when she complains, it's, it's usually a reason. Uh, the second thing is that she is one of the most stubborn women that I've ever known as well. <laughs> yeah, big shock. So... What I'm about to explain to you is a literally, this literally happened, it's not a figure of speech. She, her ankle hurt so bad that she couldn't put weight on it, but she really didn't want to go to the doctor. So she is literally, not figuratively, this literally happened. She is crawling on her hands and knees through our living room because she didn't want to put pressure on it. So when she finally gets to the doctor, the doctor puts her on some, a very aggressive dose of steroids, and she has to have a brace, and she has to put it up. I mean, it, it, it was a big deal. And when it was during that season that I was there to support her, I realized I had two boxes for my wife. Box number one is that she's 100%. She can conquer the world, and I'm just there to support her. Box number two, she's broken. Nobody touch her, go near her, talk to her, even the kids. Stay away. Stay away until she's fixed, okay? Um, but the truth is, as much as I wanted to be there for her, as much as I talked about the idea of supporting her, the truth in my actions was I wanted to fix it, navigate around it, but I didn't want to be in it. 
I wanted the immediate rather than the intimate. And I wonder, how many times are we robbed of opportunities for God to do really significant, deep work in our lives because we run for that immediate, because the intimate, that deep, personal work isn't easy. And so, thank you for putting those notes up. This morning, I want to talk about the places of missed opportunities. So if, you've, if you're in the text, 2 Kings chapter 4. We're going to look, and we're, we're only looking at seven verses, and I promise I will do my best to get through all seven, okay, um, before we have to leave. But we're going to look in the life of a woman that is absolutely at a point of desperation. And sometimes when we get in God's word, we can have something that they refer to as hindsight bias. And all that means is we know the end of the story, so that's the end of the story because that's the end of the story. And when we do that, sometimes we can remove the emotion and the stress and the fear and the anxiety out of this moment. And I don't want us to do that. So this morning, we're going to take a deep dive into this situation because there are some lessons that I believe that God wants us to hear from his word this morning. So chapter 4, verse 1 says, One of the wives of the sons of prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, has died. You know that your servant feared the Lord. Now the creditor is coming to take my two children as his slaves. You feel the tension in just that single verse. This mother is crying out in absolute terror that she is about to lose her children. She's been hit with the unexpected. All of us have a season of unexpected. All of us have a moment where we are walking in a trial, in a situation, in a difficulty that we never imagined we would face. This woman coming to the prophet is not easy. Because you have to, you have to understand, she, what she is saying is, I have lost control of my life. I don't have the answer. I don't have the solution. I'm about to lose my children, and I have no way of answering that. So she brings this surrendered vulnerability. She reveals this area of weakness. For us to allow God to do a deep work in our lives, we have to stop holding on, and we've got to be ready to lay it down and reveal that place of vulnerability, reveal that place of weakness. Because the word says that Christ's strength is perfected in our weakness. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. 
What are you holding on to? God wants to do a deep work in your life. And holding on to it and saying, hey, I'm going to make it work. And repeating these cycles over and over and over. The first step for God to begin to do that deep work, that work that will create lasting change in your life is to come to a point and say, I can't do this. I can't do this on my own. Coming to the end of yourself, what that looks like. Christ is perfected strength in your weakness, but that requires you to bring it before him and say, I don't know the answer because I'm, I'm coming to you, God, because you are my answer. I'm coming to you, God, because you are greater than anything that I ever need, that you are more sufficient than any need that I'll ever come up with. So she is, she's at this point of absolute terror. And she says, what I'm holding on to isn't worth the cost of what I can lose. Something in your life you're holding on to that God is saying Jeff let it go bring it to me bring it to me her decision impacted generations we all get hit with those moments those seasons those times where it's completely unexpected we don't know the answer we don't have the answer But God promises to meet you at the end of yourself, his sufficiency. One of the points that that I wrestled with when I was really preparing the, the message, and I want you to hear my heart because this can be hard to hear but I I want you to hear my heart when I say it. God wants to bring real, lasting transformation to your life. But there are some cycles that have to be broken. This woman very easily could have been locked into the mindset of a victim, but instead she seeked out the voice of God for a vision of his victory in her life. I'm going to say that again. She could have been locked into a mindset of the victim, being locked in with fear and why did this happen and all of those emotions that lock us in. But instead, she pushed past it and she sought out the voice of God in her life so that God could give her the victory that only he can. When we, have, when we get a vision of the victory that God and God alone can have through our lives, There is nothing that we can't do. I don't care how low you feel you've been. When Christ takes your hand and you surrender it, he will take you where you want to be, where he has called you to be, where he's purposed you to be. Doesn't matter your mistakes, doesn't matter your past, but it takes surrendered vulnerability. It takes that that moment of saying, I don't have the answer. It takes that step of, I've got to seek out his voice. I need a vision for what God says is possible in my life. 
over all the, the emotions, all the, all the other things, all the other places that we can turn. Let's look at his response because Elisha answers and his first question is a reaction and his second is a response. And I want to explain the difference. A reaction is you acting on what's been acted on you. Okay, it's boom, it's quick. A response is you thinking through and making the right or best action. That's why we, we call someone responsible. They have the ability to respond. So let's look at what he says. Elisha in verse 2, he says, Elisha asked her, what can I do for you? Reaction. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Response. What do you have in the house? It's, it's almost the, the, the prophet, she, she brings it to him, and the first response is, I, what can I do for you? How many times do we have that same response? What can I do? What, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? And instead is, okay, God, what's there? What's, what, what have you given me? The, the second place of opportunity in our life is in the uninspected. Let's look at her answer. She said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. She doesn't even want to bring reference to it. It's not even worth talking about. I have nothing except a little, a little bit. What do you have that you have looked over that when you surrender it to God, he can use what you think is common to bring a be a place of celebration in your life. I'm going to prove it here in a few moments in another passage of Scripture. There's something in your life right now that you've overlooked, that you've forgotten, that you've walked past. It's there, but ah, it's not even really mentioned. I, I, I don't know what I can do with it exactly. It's not about you. It's bring it before God. God, I only have these 15 minutes. God will use what you think is common and bring it to a point of celebration. Let me prove it to you. In John chapter 2, and I think he's got the verse. John chapter 2, verse 6. Jesus is at a wedding. You got the verse? Because I want, I want us to see this. Jesus performs this miracle. This It's perfect. Verse 6. Now there were six stone water pots, water pots set there for Jewish custom of purification containing 20 to 30 gallons. They were set there. My, uh, the, the version that I have, it says, there nearby, stood nearby. It was, they were right there. But these 
They were common. They, they didn't think about them for a second. But once they were in the hands of God, once they were touched and they were brought to be used, God brought a great point of celebration out of them. So the unexpected places in your life, those gifts, those talents, that time, God can do a deep work. But we, we've got to bring them. We've got to surrender them. She didn't even want to mention it. Sometimes we disqualify ourselves. Because when we're talking about the immediate versus the intimate, intimate is very personal. Immediate is, hey, whatever, it's, it's going to give me that result. I, I'm going to be able to, to, to not have to dive deep and challenge myself and my emotions and my beliefs and all those things that God is, is calling you to say, hey, you are a treasure. In my eyes, you are a treasure. I have a plan and a purpose for your life. Sometimes we disqualify ourselves. Just like she almost disqualified this little bit of oil. And yet, it was the very peace that once it surrendered, God was going to bring overflow through to meet her needs. How many times have we disqualified ourselves? How many times have we looked at us, you know, ah, I can't do that, God. Ah. I don't know how to share who you are at my place of employment. God, I don't know how to talk about you with my family. That's, that's someone else. I, I can't do that. This woman, she, she is stopped and made to look at what she has from a different perspective. And my prayer this morning is that as, I, as I'm sharing this with you, that the Holy Spirit, and I believe this, would quicken to your mind, quicken to your heart, those things that you have disqualified. The word promises that God will take what the enemy meant for our destruction and, and cause it to be our good. Not us, but God. Because of his love for us, because of his pursuit for our life, that, that he has called us to live a life of purpose and to be, be effective and fruitful. God can take those places that you thought were common and create in them a place that is celebrated. It's in the place of the unexpected, that place that's ignored and, and that we, we quickly forget. A few years ago, I was working at a at a restaurant 
And I was cleaning dishes. I'll never forget this. I'm telling you 100% that I completely disqualified washing dishes as ever a place to minister. There's no way that I thought I'm doing dishes and I'm about to minister and, and impact lives for the kingdom of God. There's, no, there's, there's just no way. That never entered my mind. But let me tell you what happened. In spite of myself, because there were an afternoon where I was so, I felt so stuck. And I was, I'm literally screaming, God, what has happened? Why am I here? This whole thing. And I'm at a sink about to wash dishes. And I'm there. And the only thing that I had, I didn't have the Bible. The only thing I had, I had this little dry erase board that was maybe that big. It was tiny. And I would put just a, a scripture, a verse, just a, a thought of the day. You know, I was a manager, so I couldn't do too much, but I did want to do something, right? So I put it there, and I'm washing dishes. I've disqualified my place that it's going to be effective. I've looked, I've completely looked over it. I'm washing dishes, and this young man comes up and completely unloads his soul and tells me about his, his broken childhood. And he tells me how he is addicted to drugs and, and all of these things. And, and through that encounter, I was able to, to minister to not only him, but his girlfriend. They both are clean. I saw them a couple of years ago. They're both doing fantastic. Had nothing to do with me, but it's a reminder to never disqualify the, what God can use and just be surrendered in it. Just be surrendered in it. Church, I believe right now this church is, is about to be stirred. Okay, God is calling us into this community for a reason. And a lot of us here can be used in incredible ways for the kingdom of God. But we've got to stop disqualifying ourselves. God can use you. God wants to use you. Right now, there are, there are people that, are, that you are connected to. There are people that you are meeting that are hurting. They need hope. Take your place that you think is common and allow God to use it to bring celebration for the kingdom of God. I promise I'm going to get through these seven verses. I promise. It's just, it's, it's so good. The next place of opportunity that we miss is in the uncollected. So let's look in the passage. It says in verse 3, Then he said, Go and borrow empty containers from everyone, from all of your neighbors. Do not get just a few. Then go in and shut the door behind you and your sons 
and pour oil into all of these containers. Set the full ones to one side. God operates. And the strategy that he uses, he looks for capacity, not, not competency. Where, where we think capacity is this. It's the measurement of what can be received. What can be received in your life? So in, in her, the answer was there. She, she had it. But he's, the direction he's given her, he says, hey, I need you to position your life in a place to receive more. And that's going to be uncomfortable. I need, you're going to go to your neighbors now and ask them to borrow more containers. God could have poured out oil in any way, in any number of means. He could have said, go to the roof with your one container and I'm just going to have a stream of oil. However you wanted to do it. He didn't. He says, go, and, go to your neighbors and collect it. Because God looks through, looks for capacity, looks for the measurement of what can be received. We think it's about competency. Oh, I gotta have the, I gotta have the skill. I gotta have this. I, I can't even attempt to do anything for God until I get this. Whatever, fill in the blank. All God wants, all through His Word, it talks about. How do we receive it? That's, that's what he, he pushes her. He says, hey, go and get containers. And when I was studying this, this message, I, I had finished studying uh, for my time, and I set the Bible down, and I'm about to leave my study, and this verse just jumps out at me, and I had to, I had to wait a minute. Let's, let's, let's back up a little bit. Look. In the bottom of verse 3, it says, do not get just a few. He's telling her, hey, go and, and gather those, those, those containers. Increase your capacity to receive. And then it's almost like he's, he's saying this as, I know what you're thinking. Don't get just a few. When we are walking in obedience, when we are walking in surrender, we have to raise our expectations. God is a much bigger God than we give him credit for. We have to raise our expectation. That means when, when, when we are surrendered and we have the right, the Bible says that we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Boldly, we can enter into his presence and say, God, I need my family saved. We can have that expectation. So many times we, we are taking those steps of obedience and we're, we limit God because of our unbelief in ourselves, how we can be used. But God says, listen, with little, little I can do so much. Little I can do so much. Increase your capacity. Don't get just a few. I want to move through your life in a real way. In an every day, every hour, we can have that expectation, and we should have that expectation. 
Our Heavenly Father pursued us all the way to the cross at Calvary just so we could have that relationship restored to us so that we can have that expectation so we can cry out, Abba, Father, Heavenly, our Heavenly Father, hallowed be your name, set apart. God, we're coming to you with great expectations that you would do this in our lives, that you would use me to reach my family, to reach my place of where I work, to reach all those people that you have surrounded in my life, and I'm not even sure why I'm with them. But God, you can use it. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5 and 8 says this. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, your life right now, what is it positioned to receive more from God? Can you believe that God wants more, can use more? can do more in your life or are you just so stuck? And that's my prayer, that this morning that you would hear that God wants you to expect more. He has so much more for your life. So much more. He's not done. Sometimes we can, we can get to a point and, and we say, well, I've, I've failed too many times. I've, I've blown it too many times. God's not done. His reach is just like this, ever flowing. Because of the cross, because of what he did, that reach is forever at your grasp. Doesn't matter where you are, he is right there. Will you receive it? Verse 5 says, So she left after she had shut the door behind her and her sons. Sometimes when God speaks and God moves and, and we get those 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 goosebumps and, and the excitement and we're ready to go. Something that can rob us, can steal what God wants to accomplish in our lives is that open door. And that's why the prophet said, shut the door. When you are walking with God and, and God is, is giving you directions, shutting the door to distraction, shutting the door to comparison, let God use you the way he created you to be. Stop comparing yourself. We're, we're, we're in a time of Facebook and Snapchats and, 
and tweeters and all this kind of stuff, man, where you get instant notices on how someone else's life appears to be. And I'm telling you that God wants to do the work. You just got, you got to shut the door. Let me prove it in Scripture. Romans 12, chapter 2, or chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. To be conformed means this. It means you are set inside of a mold. You are set inside to conform to its limits. Let me tell you something. Our God is the God of no limits. Our God is the God of no limits. So if you put limits on, if you're hearing the lies of the enemy that limits you, our God is the God of no limits. He went to no limits to rescue us. The cross, the, the torture, the pain, the agony of the cross did not stop him. There was no limit for what he wants to do in your life. No limit. Do not conform. Do not be inside, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, his good God has means good for you, wants good for you. Some of us, that's hard to believe. The life that we're in, the, the struggles that we've been through, and you're talking about good. He wants to reach you right where you are. He loves you. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. The last area, the last place of missed opportunity, it breaks my heart when, when I think about it. And we're going we're gonna to read it in the, in the life of this woman. It's in the unreflected. The place of unreflected. Let, let's go there and I'll show you what I mean. Verse 6, when they were full, she said to her son, bring me another container. But he replied, there aren't any more. Then the oil stopped. She went and told the man of God. And he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt. You and your sons can live on the rest. Why? Why did she go back to the man of God? She's got a room full of jars. Here's what's, what's sad, and, and, and when I thought about it, it really stirred me. She almost missed it. She almost missed it. She brought, all, God had done an incredible move in her life, but she had almost missed it. She, she went back to the prophet and said, I did everything you, you said and, and this is what God has done. And the prophet had to explain to her what you do with it. You don't keep it. You're, you're selling it. And it's not only going to meet your need, but you and your sons can live on, what's rest, live on the rest. 
So the overflow impacted a generation. But she almost missed it. I don't want us to miss it. I don't want us to miss what, what has been done for us. How far God has brought us so far. To, to reflect back, it means to cast back. If, if you think of a reflection, when you are staring at a pool of water, you can see the reflection of your face as long as the water's still. Sometimes life can stir up our waters so much that we lose the ability to reflect and cast back and see all that God has done and, and we forget it in that moment. The word says it this way. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Because when we're still, we can, we can reflect back on our lives. And I don't know about you, but I, when I reflect on, on my life and how far God has brought me, I, it's by His grace, by His mercy, by His love. I don't want us to miss it. Worship team, if you would. Because I believe that today is a day of reflection. So as the, as the worship team comes and, and they're going to start to play, I want to ask you, if the, not me, not me, has nothing to do with my words. But if the Holy Spirit has convicted you, if the Holy Spirit has spoken to you during this message, the time of response looks like this. I'm not going to go another hour, another minute, without stealing my life enough to come to the altar and say, God, I'm reflecting on what you have done for me. If if this is your first time and you've never really understood the cost that God has made for you to internally be with him, the altar is open. We will never, not one time will we ever end this service without offering you an opportunity to accept Jesus as your Savior. If you've never done that, this is an opportunity for you to do but there are those here today that those places of missed opportunity, some of those really hit, hit deep. I saw some, some tears, some emotions that, that couldn't be held back. In just a few moments, 
these altars are going to be open. For you to get with the Lord. God, I've been hit with the unexpected, but I'm surrendering it to you. God, I've, I've missed it. I know, I know you can use what I have in such a greater way. That place of uninspected, I'm, I'm just bringing it to you, God, and saying, use me. God, I'm coming to this altar because I want to position my life to receive more from you. God, move. Move in this place. Speak to these hearts right now. Let these altars be filled with the hearts that you are, are moving on right now. God, these altars are, are open right now for you to meet with your people, for you to do a deep work. God, today is not about an immediate God. Today is about the intimate. We don't want the, the quick answer and, and yes, we're wrapping up service and so we're going to leave. Instead, God, we're slowing it down. We're going to say, hey, God, I want that deep work. I want that deep touch. So Lord, move the hearts in this room today. Jesus. 